The gavel has dropped. Ladies and gentlemen, here at WineBid, we are finally hammered. Yes, that's right. We've ended an auction. We actually have not done finally hammered in two weeks, but Paul and I are back at it. My name is Jeff McGurn. I work here on WineBid's marketing team. And with me as always is our illustrious Paul Walker, our wine auction expert and wine expert in general, although he hates it when I say that. So I like to say it over and over and over again. Every time, every time. Every single time. Here on WineBid's finally hammered, we of course talk about all things wine value and lack of wine value. We try and run the gamut, find interesting stuff. And we're going to be changing up the format a little bit today. We're going to be just trying to do like a few 30 minute episodes each week rather than one really long episode. Today, we're going to start off, we're going to go through our wine auction recap. Paul, I want to recap actually the last two weeks since we took last week off. There was a lot of really interesting stuff. We had a ton of action Mm -hmm. at auction. So I'm going to jump right into it. We actually had, and I have yet you, I'm sure you've seen this. I have not seen this before. We had a ton of stuff that just had a lot of bids. The most bids came in on a lot of six. It was a 1974 Chateau Saint-Jean, Vin Rouge, Petit Syrah. That one had 15 bids on those six items, started at 20 bucks. And they ended up, those $20 bottles ended up handing for about 85 bucks a piece. Yeah. Well, you know, this is wild because it's a rare bottle. It's a fantastic California vintage. That's about as cheap as you're going to get for 74 from Napa or Sonoma, you know, or basically the West Coast. And I'm not at all surprised. St. Jean from back in the day, those wines were good. It's funny because it's like 97.8% Petit Syrah, but they call it a Vin Rouge, I guess. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no, the wines are in great shape. And, you know, that stuff lasts a long time. It looks like they're kept in good condition. And there were six of them, right? Yeah, yeah, six of them. Let me just say that 2.2% makes a massive difference. <laughs> yeah, you can taste like, that 2.2% zip. Right. I mean, that's one where, you know, our Paul Swanson would do the whole swirl and be like, this seems like it's 90. 90- 7.8%. <laughs> hey, you never know. You might get it exactly right. Right. And he'd, he'd get it right on. Next down on the 15th, we had an 84 Domaine Romonet Chassagne Montrachet Les Ruchotte. That wasn't too bad. 31 trackers, 11 bids. This thing started at 50 and hammered at $320. <laughs> that is quite a journey from 50 to 320 bucks. What has happened here, Paul? Yeah, well, Ramonet is a big deal. And, you know, I think the wines, the older wines, especially that are aging well, you know, examples that are showing well from, you know, Rashad's a big deal. That was like a serious wine. And, there are producers now who are making Chassagne and Rouchot that I think, you know, are kind of going for that level of quality. But Ramonet from, you know, back from those earlier vintages is extremely sought after. And I think it was pretty underpriced. <laughs> I think it was just you kind think, of put out there. It's <laughs> like the last time it was an auction, it maybe it hammered for 50 bucks 20 years ago. And, you know, so now it's back in and it's worth a lot more. So that is quite an increase. And it almost sounds like a bidding war between a couple of people that really wanted it. So. Well, I'm actually looking for that result because you sprung a surprise on me that we're looking at last two weeks and not just last week. So I did. We looked I did. That up. I completely surprised Paul Day. We had a 2019 Wines VGW Chardonnay. We had seven yeah. of these. These ones were interesting. They started at 55 and they ended up hammering at $80 a piece. This is not a producer that I'm particularly familiar with. I thought, that- well, 
I want to say one of the first, you know, maybe second podcasts, we actually talked about those zero zero lines. We did. I had never seen them before. I don't think we'd ever sold them before. And they came in and I was like, oh, this is cool. And, and they definitely have a following. They got big scores. And so that, yeah, that was something that they keep now just kind of popping up every so often. I thought it was a little strange that the 19 VGW Shardo started at, you know, as sort of a cheaper price. And because they all seem to be a little bit higher, they all seem to be over a hundred. So that one actually didn't seem to be too bad. It seemed like Even at 80. a better deal at 80 bucks than some of the other, you know, more recent release zero zero wines. That was cool. I don't know if you noticed the Pillar Rock wines. I actually bought some of those. No. Yeah, the Pillar Rock Cabernet 14 was started at 25 bucks. There's a whole bunch of those, three cases of it. I actually got a six pack and it's fan. It's really, really good. And this winery doesn't exist anymore. The original owner and founder of Screaming Eagle Winery actually bought this property, I don't know, 10 or something years ago. I think she sells the fruit to some other winery now, but the Pillar Rock wines were, I mean, they weren't cheap when they were released. I think the 14 was in the 50 to 70 range and, you know, 25 bucks, 26 bucks for that stuff. It's great. I had a bottle of it. It's, it's excellent. It's really, really good. Yeah. And how come you didn't tell me about it? <laughs> well, I see this is the thing. If I tell you, you're going to go on there and buy a bunch of it. So I just kept it quiet and didn't say anything. So now yes. I'm, telling, yes. I'm telling you now. <laughs> yes, that's what friends are for. They're for <laughs> telling me. Well, just look at my lot tracker next time. That's what I'm going to have to start doing. We had a 1983 Arterberry, the Red Hills Vineyard, Winemaker Reserve, Pinot Noir. This one, 27 trackers, not big. <laughs> 50 to, wait, started at 50. Hammered at $240. Folks, yeah. this is an Oregon Pinot Noir. <laughs> yeah. Arterbury, and I believe, and again, this is something where the experts are going to have to weigh in, but I know I'm pretty sure Arterbury became Arterbury Maresh in later years. And I've never seen anything this old from this winery, much less, you know, <laughs> anything from even the 90s. So, I think this is just purely extremely rare stuff. And that was cool to see. I didn't even see the 83. I never even saw this bottle hit the auction. So that was wild. That was wild. We had a 1973 Corti Brothers Reserve mm-hmm. Selections Infidel. Is this the same Corti Brothers that's basically like a food and wine specialist shop since 1947? Did they just like put you know private label a select bottle of Zinfandel they selected or something? I don't know. That's a good question. I do think it's related to the retailer, but I don't know in what capacity. So I can't okay. say that for sure. Well, started at 30, hammered at 121. So yeah, that's interesting. Are you looking at the 74 reserve selections in? No, that was another one that hammered too. I'm looking at the 1973 reserve selections in Fidel. Okay, you're skipping all over the place. I can't follow you. But yeah, that, there was a... Uh, there was Try to keep 70, up. <laughs> a 74 Zin also that had similar activity. Well, let's, let's see. Interestingly, because it didn't have as many bids, but it did jump significantly. It went from 45 to 110. It was a 74 Cordy Brothers Reserve Selections in. So I didn't even see that other wine. Oh. So that's wild. While we're talking about supermarket wines, one that I bid on and mm-hmm. I'm outbid. And when I find who outbid me, I'm going to like be very upset with them. They better share it with me. There was a 1965 Trader Joe's. Oh, yes. Madeira Port, which I looked at and I was like, what are the chances? 
Well, it is not a coincidence. Trader <laughs> Joe's, as I understand it, used to actually do wine importing right when they were founded. And I believe they were founded in 67, started off as a wine importer. So this is, you know, historical Trader Joe's stuff, potentially even from the year they got started. And this could have been one of the first things that they had put together. You know, it's weird is that that wine, there were three bottles, right? It looks like six, two of them hammered at 64, one at 65. Interestingly, we had the same wine almost exactly, what, five years ago, four years ago. And I had never seen either example ever come through. So that's that's another super rarity too. That's Very what cool. I wanted. This is just cool to have a bottle of like Trader Joe's port. It literally, like I was looking, I was like, this can't possibly be, you know, the super rare. And literally you look at the logo, it's like the same, pretty much the same logo. as. Trader yeah, it's Trader. true. Yeah. It's like the font of the capitals yeah. is the same. Yeah, at the top of the bottle, I'm looking at it right now. And then it's, but it's from California, right? It looks like it says Trader yeah. Joe's Winery by Chateau Diana in Healdsburg. So it's Sonoma, you know, fake port. That's interesting. <laughs> um, and actually cloudy. It also says cloudy in uh, quotes. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I think we might have some left. I am 100% bidding on this. I would like you should, to- Yeah, you should grab it. You should grab I would it. like to win a bottle of this port. You know, moving right along, we had a 2012. First of all, well, let me just say, take a step back and say- Love what he did with ghosts and busting them. But <laughs> as far as I can tell, his Riesling must be amazing. 2012 Egon Mueller, Schrafsberg, Burger, Riesling, Cabinet, Alte, Reben, auction number four. This one, we had one okay. of them. Started at 95, got nine bids, went up to $410. But talk about someone who goes from ghost busting to winemaking. <laughs> that is a journey. Well, that's Miller, right? Egon Miller's are serious, serious wines. There was actually some 88. You were talking about more recent vintage, right? This is a 2012. 2012, okay. Not, yeah, because super old. There was, yeah, there was some 88 Schwarzhofberger Riesling Spätlese in as yep. well that got a couple bids. It wasn't too crazy. I think two bottles got bid up multiple times, but to like two. 65 or something like that but i was kind of surprised it actually didn't go more because 88 is pretty darn rare so that's interesting for sought after riesling it's well, a lot of bidding that's a lot of bidding that's a lot of it well let's continue talking about riesling 1999 freiherr von simmern oh, cool yeah Eltville, erbacher i'm not even gonna say the whole name you're though you should pronounce all of it because you're much better than i marco brun freiherr langwert von simmern Eltville, erbacher marco brun riesling spätlese number 22 this Very one good. 25 trackers nine bids Went from 25 to 51. We had three of them. I thought this was cool because we had a lot of Riesling that was getting action over the last two weeks in auction, which we don't, I mean, we get a good amount of Riesling coming in, but it's not like, you know, it's not like US wines or French wines where we're getting hundreds and even thousands of new bottles coming in. Riesling is, you know, 20, 30, 40 bottles, but we had a lot that was really going for money. And I'll bet that Spätlese is outstanding right now. But yeah, I'm sure it's really good. I'm sure it's really, really good. It's funny because I think just, you know, a few years later, like the great advantages of 02, 01, 02, and some 03s are not, probably wouldn't go for as much as, you know, 50. I could be wrong, but I have seen this producer and, and Spätlesias from this producer all sort of hover around that 25 to 30 range. So, you know, 99s are, looks like getting some action here. 
And I think you mentioned, you might've mentioned the Von Schubert's also. There were a lot of reasons. You're right. A lot of reasons in last week with multiple bids, which is not typical, especially in low bottle quantities, right? Yes. There's always, yes. you know, you might find like a six pack or a 12 pack and there's a handful of bids within the case, but no, that's true. The 07 Billy Schaefer, that's Al Slaza 35, hammered at 100, you know, the Heyman Lowenstein, 37 bottles sold. <laughs> there's a lot of that stuff. Yes. That's, right. that's an example, right? Where there's a whole bunch of it in auction and, and everybody buys it at the reserve. That's a steal. But then right next to that, you see, yeah, the Von Schubert, uh, Al Slaza three sold for uh, looks like about 40 bucks a piece, which is still a great deal. But even the Freiherr Langwerk, I mean, you're talking about a 24-year-old Spätle, say, for $50. Right. In my mind, that someone else sat on that wine for 24 years. <laughs> right. It is singing right now. And yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're right. It. That's a killer fine. Should we move on to last week? Was there something else you wanted to bring up? Well, there were a couple things from two weeks ago. There was a 95 Ruf Clicquot La Grande Dame, which I was really cool. That went. That had nine bids, went from 155 to 220. Wow. And that's a lot. I like LeGrand Dom. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Great. Actually, oh, it's rose. That's even rare. That's why. That's even rare. Well, yeah, and yeah. my whole thing was like a 95 LeGrand Dom rose for 220 is actually not a bad deal. Like, that's yeah. a pretty solid price for that age. And I'll bet that. And I know you hate aged champagne, but I'll bet that one. <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. You hate it's just, it. <laughs> it's risky. It's risky. That's all I'm saying. There was some really interesting burgundy. From two weeks ago, we had an O2 Albert Graval Merceau Claude uh-huh. Perrier. That yeah, yeah. that that one started at forty five, hammered at eighty three, and I was looking. That's at not that. bad. That's, That's not, not bad, bad at all. all. It's, it's a For, premier crew. Well, Perrier is considered Grand Cru and Merceau and Albert Griveaux. Those wines, I mean, it's twenty two years old now. That's not expensive for that wine. That's not expensive at all. Even at 83, I felt like that's a fantastic deal. How come I didn't bid on that? There was a 1993 Domaine Anne uh, Francois Gros Bone Romani. That one, seven bids went from 35 to 110. I'm going like, I mean, well, yeah, 35 is criminally it's, low. That is criminally that was, low. That was like, you know, the old 20 year old price. And so the yes. bidders, bidders <laughs> noticed that. And went after it and still, yeah, phenomenal night, you know, red vintage. We talked about, we picked 93s before from different auctions. They're always, you know, very expensive. So even at 110, Appalachian, like, yeah, Appalachian and Francois Grove, Bon Romanet, 93, even at 110, that's the deal. Kelly, there was a 95 Domaine La Fleuve Pouli Montrachet, three bottle lot that the reserve was 210 for three. Really? For three, Yes, and now oh, like, yeah, pulling you, yeah, pulling you 210. Yeah, went, went for 660. <laughs> yeah, right. So 210 for a three bottle lot. That's bonkers cheap. Yeah, that's, that's bonkers cheap. Right? I think there was a single, also, I think I want to say like the week before. There was a single bottle of this wine that maybe it didn't go for that much. And then people saw the three pack and went, went after it. it was, I'm sure it was a different vintage. I can't keep track of vintages at all. But yeah, that's, I mean, 660, not at all surprising. That's as cheap as you're going to pay for, you know, for 30-year-old Pouligny-Montrachet, even just Appalachian. That's not expensive for Domaine Lafleur. 220 per bottle is not, ex- yeah. 220. And then... There was a 97 JF Mounier Chamois Moussini. That one, seven bids, started at 215 Man, for 900. 900 bucks for village Chamois. I mean, that is bonkers. That is just nuts. 
I did not see that either. Two started at two fifteen. Yeah, I mean, ham, the the last hammer. I don't know if you saw this in July of two thousand sixteen was ninety dollars. <laughs> yes, yes. Times the price in a few years. <laughs> what? So, and I mean, it was. It's interesting because if you look at, I just brought up the history for fun and in 2012 it hammered at 70 right so four years passed it hammers for 20 bucks more obviously you know the burgundy market just caught fire in the last couple of years 900 I mean, that's 900 i want to say they fway the premier crew wine was going for 900 just a couple of months ago so that would put that wine into like you know four figure category now which okay. is insane and then before we come back to last week's, there was a 1996 Whitcraft BN Nacido Pinot Noir. Oh, yeah. So it start, reserve started at 25 bucks, hammered at 320 No, we, I, think I, I think I mentioned this two weeks ago. It was because of you that it hammered. <laughs> no, it's not because of me, but I'm almost positive I mentioned witchcraft. I was like, oh yeah, it's old school. It is like, one C know. away from witchcraft, which is what must have happened <laughs> for a Central Coast <laughs> California Pinot Noir from 96. I swear you I mentioned it. witchcraft in our podcast two weeks ago, but that okay. is crazy well now i can say i'm an influencer right like you're an influencer so <laughs> let's come back to this week because this week there was some more crazy or last week there was a more crazy burgundy on the 22nd a 93 domain michelle grow chamois moussini that one michelle grow interesting michelle grow that's what i said no no i wasn't actually i wasn't actually correcting you you did pronounce that fine uh started at 50 hammered at 83 that one I thought was really interesting, but even at 83, it seems like that's still probably a decent deal. I mean, that one, I'm, undoubtedly, someone's picking that up as a birth year, right? Yeah, I mean, um, that's not so bad. That's interesting. I actually kind of want to look that up because I completely missed that one as well. Well, did you miss the 93 Georges Linière Claude de la Roche? Well, interestingly... This wasn't too surprising, right? Because Hubert is the lignée that everyone goes bonkers for. I think there's some up this current auction. And for a 93, Claude LaRoche, you know, per, uh, Grand Cru, that is not, uh, what is 165? That's not bad. Well, it's, I was looking at that going like, well, wait, there was a Grand Cru 93 Claude LaRoche that was starting at 80 bucks, right? Yeah. <laughs> that also doesn't really make sense. I did one of those cartoon things where my eyes came out of the sockets and like did this. <laughs> Just crazy, a grand cru. You, I mean, as you can see, right, this didn't go to $900. That tells you the difference between George Lignier and, say, you know, Uber or, let's say, right. JF, you know, Freddie Munier. It's the same thing where it's sort of a second or third tier producer that has a following. And the vintage obviously has a great following, but that's not a stratospheric price at all for Claude LaRoche. I mean, I, I wonder how good this wine is. Same thing with the Michel Gros Chamelusny, right? It's, 93s. I mean, again, it's just Appalachian Chamel, isn't you? But that's probably an interesting, interesting experiment. It'd be great to do like a blind tasting of the 93s because, you know, it's these are rare examples. We're probably not going to see them again anytime soon. For, I say that all the time, but it's hey, true. These are not wines that come up very often. For like $300 or 400 bucks, you could have done it last week. Right. That's, right. I mean, that's It would have cost you like nothing, not nothing, but like for Burgundy, right. nothing for those bottles. What else were you looking at last week? What did I miss? So, 
I think, you know, it's funny because I was kind of skipping around between last week. My, I, a really good friend of mine mentioned that St. Jean uh, Van Rouge, excuse me, not Petit Zara, but because I have a specific vintage that's important to me and of a birthday coming up. But anyway, I didn't. That was your yeah. 21st birthday. <laughs> I didn't take right. advantage of finding that wine. You know, I was more actually interested in a couple things from two weeks ago, but there were some big shot hammers from last week that I did want to mention. There were some pretty serious burgundy that had been in auction for a while and hammered. There were a couple of bottles of Henri Chaillet, Nuit Merger, and I think they got a couple of bids. So they were in the auction for quite a while and rolled over and then got bid back up. One of them hammered at 4,100, the other at 39. I think the one in 4,100 was in slightly better shape. There was 64 Petrus Magnum that we mentioned, I think, a few weeks ago. Yep. That dropped a little bit, hammered at 45. Also, Cute. 2011 Petrus as well, they hammered at, what is it, 26.50, I believe. And a- then some 05. Costa Rica Carton Charlemagne yep. at 6,200. was just going to mention those. And then two bottles of Domaine Romani Conti, Romani Conti at 04 and 11. Yeah, 11 at 18.5, which that sounds in line you know, for that wine and that vintage. Did I just accidentally stumble upon my birthday present? <laughs> no, because you weren't born in 2011. <laughs> you know, you don't know me. You don't know my situation. <laughs> a lot of really interesting stuff at the high end. A lot of stuff coming in with a lot of bids. Before we wrap right, up, much more. Uh, sorry, it's a few more bottles of of our favorite Sauvignon Blanc from Napa. Spring Eagle <laughs> for thirty thousand. All three bottles. All three bottles hammered at three thousand twenty dollars. That wine is clearly kind of vague to me, though, as to what you know, determines it, whether or not it goes for three or four or five. It doesn't seem to matter, but I think what, two weeks ago, a more current release went for 4,000. I don't know. Does it have to do with the age? I have no idea, but the anyway. Screaming Eagle Sauvignon Blanc, I think is going to end up being a running joke on this podcast. I mean, got to be the most expensive Sauvignon Blanc in the, that Sauvignon Blanc better taste amazing and wash my car, right? Like <laughs> for $3,020. Well, you know, if you're interested in creating a segue to the current auction, I don't know if you are ready for that. Well, we're going to do a separate podcast for the current auction. Okay. All right. Because I was just about to bring up something, but you'll have to listen to the next episode to yeah, you're- heard about it. You're going to have to tune into the next episode. So folks, we're doing shorter episodes now, but we're going to try and do multiples in a week. This has been our wine auction recap for the weeks of January 15th, where the auction ended January 15th and January 22nd. Everyone, my name is Jeff McGurn. This is Paul Walker. We'll catch you again in our next half hour. We're actually going to go over some of the stuff that's coming into auction that we're seeing happen this week. Yep. Happy bidding. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.